I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've made an excellent choice, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. David Moyes cracked a smile and asked, I want a barn burner at the Emirates. It's Monday, 23rd of January. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm David Carlich. And I'm Lucian Hunteraja. Welcome, everybody. What a magnificent Monday, especially if you're Jim Campbell. Ooh, yeah. Before we get to that, though, big news. Tomorrow, you can listen to our most hotly anticipated Football Ramble Guide to yet. It's the Football Ramble's Guide to Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho. Part two. It's all about that man, Jose. Uh, Join myself, Vish and Andy, for that. It was a lot of fun to record. Get your ears around that. Right, gentlemen. It's time to talk about what happened on the weekend. Batushin Hantaraja, your highlight. I'm of going the weekend. first. You are. I'm going first. Yeah, I'll leave Jim till last. <laughs> <laughs> do I need to be here for Jim's one? Or you do. Can I say mine and go? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my, my highlight of the week, um, very simple, really. Sebastian Haller making his comeback. Ah, Dortmund. lovely one. Um, I suppose a few people know the story, but um, he was diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer pretty much as soon as he signed for Borussia Dortmund from Ajax. Um, it was malignant. He had uh, chemotherapy in July and then, yeah, made his return to competitive action on the weekend with boots with fuck cancer on them. Love that. Just a, a lovely little story. More power it to is. his elbow, eh? David Cartledge, good to have you back on the show. 
Now then. <laughs> <laughs> what was your highlight of the weekend? Oh, this is easy. Tease where you're diving, mate. There Sunderland. you go. There we go. Point off promotion places now. It's Tony Mowbray's army, mate. Sunderland, eh? You, uh, you're a big Sunderland man, David. It's just nice to see them how they are. I was a little bit sceptical when Mowbray came in. I thought they might be going backwards, getting one of the old guys in. But he's, Former Middlesbrough manager. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's handled it well. And... Uh, Got a bit of a star now at hands in Ahmad Diallo on loan from Man United, of course. There we are. So Ten Hag might be getting him back. A lot, a lot of players have gone from Manchester United to Sunderland over the yeah, years. It's yeah, a, it's a you know regularly trodden path, isn't it? Like mm. Everton as well. I yeah. think it was mainly at some point it was just a sewage line. Is that right? <laughs> no, and none of it was coming back. It's a bit harsh. Diallo is. It's a bit. It's a bit disrespectful to the city. If you go through some of the players that we've sent there, well, I think just Sunderland in general, you seem to be. Well, no, we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be doing it. I feel bad for them as well. Some of the stuff we've sent there. <laughs> we'll have a word about that after the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, uh, my highlight of the weekend was, of course, uh, the magnificent Galgi Bay's beating Hibs three 0 Didn't even play that well. Down to ten men, still won three nil. Away to road. Well. Yeah, 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 indeed. So uh, on they march. Um, and Jim Campbell, what on earth could your highlight of the weekend be? So my highlight of the weekend was getting a, a supportive little pre-match text from, from our very own Vish. <laughs> said, good luck-ish today. It's very sweet. <laughs> I think both of us forgot how stressful this is did when he, like your teams are actually decent. Did he misspell his name when he signed off there? <laughs> <laughs> good luck-ish. No, but I, I thought that was very nice, but it also it does feel like quite a smug thing to bring up. So I'm going to balance it out with the thing that happened to me after the game, which was coming out of the of where, where our seats are. Um, obviously, at everyone's Emirates, at the Emirates. Everyone's everyone's buzzing um, just really really happy and I spy uh, Jack Wilshire oh. uh, and he's, he's got a hat on and uh-huh. he's got his hood up he's clearly trying not to be recognised so I, I'm just so happy I'm like I'm going to say hello to him but I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to communicate that mm-hmm. I know you're not trying to be recognised I know you are you hello sir thank you for your service what I actually did was just smiled at him did a sort of half kind of salute half like bit of a mind doff cap thing uh-huh. and he just stared right through me and I'm going to think about it forever <laughs> <laughs> I love that I also sent you a supportive text as well you did you did right. yeah but there's less in it for you isn't there less uh, riding on it well true enough I'm just a huge fan of football <laughs> um, well that leads us neatly on to the first match we'll talk about <clears throat> where else them to start with Arsenal 3 Manchester United 2 what a game of football it was that, there were barn cinders all over North yeah. London <laughs> incredible it was an absolute <laughs> breathtaking game uh, and the big news of course is we won our Betfair popular bet builder on Friday we had Arsenal to win both teams to score Granit Xhaka to score or assist and Bakar Saka to have Two shots on target. So we're delighted to say uh, that we won £103, 28 pence, and that goes to Prostate Cancer UK. So well done, everybody uh, involved there. Well done, Arsenal, of course. But yes, uh, David, what a game of football it was. Pure Barclays, man. <laughs> Pure Barclays. No, it was. It was excellent. Um, I thought first half, both sides, I thought Man United were really, really, really set about themselves. You know, they had a lot more of the ball than I think than people expected. Mm-hmm. They took it to Arsenal. Ultimately, they feared and Arsenal just last 25, 30 minutes. It was just a siege. Mm. Um, and it's the sort of turning up a gear like that is, you know, it's very cliche, but it is the sign of champions. Yes. When, you, when you're up against it and yep. the, the response each time to Man United scoring as well, that they, they reacted really, really well. And it was, it was just a siege. And it was incredible how much Man United were backed in. I think it was like 5 5 0. They had all camped in their own mm-hmm. penalty area as Arsenal just laid it on thick. Yeah, Vish, what did you think of the game, being a Manchester United fan? Um, Happy to be involved in such a great game? 
I know, I know you've asked that quite disparagingly, but but genuinely, yes. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things actually Jim and I spoke about uh, on the morning of the game was mm-hmm. it's weird being involved in these games again and actually having something on it. And I realised maybe about an hour in that I haven't missed them. <laughs> I've not, <laughs> not missed them. Is every touch of the ball was like just a, a cut. Yeah. It didn't matter who was passing to who. It, were, you, um, were you jealous of in a, in a quite a different way this time but jealous of Liverpool and Chelsea on the weekend <laughs> get your get your mucky business done as soon as you can and then enjoy the rest of your weekend you've got other things to you'd rather for. just a mid-table clash where nothing's on it is that Friday I'd take Friday championship <laughs> played on Friday love that I'd do a bit of that yeah um, no it was first half performance was very very good second half performance was as much um, a symptom of you know, playing three games in a week as it was of just knowing why, knowing about this time last week when I think you put it to me about a potential tyre race, why United wouldn't be in a tyre race because the trusted players are X many mm-hmm. and the drop off to the bench is such that United would need to <laughs> go on any kind of run with pretty much the same 11. Mm-hmm. And it showed in the second half that just couldn't live with Arsenal. Yeah, didn't have well, the subs there as well. Clearly didn't, clearly didn't trust his bench. No, not at all. Understandable. And, and, and then and then was was probably settling for the point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think. Well, you say that. I I, th- I think actually the sub of Fred was more because of what Saka was doing. Possibly, and it, and it got yeah. to a point of like, well, we need to help him out here mm. because you know there were little things. If you look at it in the way that, you know, so there was one change from midweek against Crystal Palace that was Casemiro coming out and McTominay coming in, and. Well, they caused, I thought he did very well, but you could tell he was gassed by the end of it. But the reason he was on was <clears> mm-hmm. because he's a big presence. He would help us set pieces. He yeah. would, you know, when he drops back into that five rather than the lone one. And it's true that when United lost that outlet, mm-hmm. because, you know, Rashford only had three touches in the last half an hour or whatever it was, having been outstanding, one of the best games I've seen him play. Yeah, yeah he was One of the best hours the I've seen him play, certainly. Yeah. Um, but it, it just it just summed up to me the difference between the two ty- two sides. Arsenal were just relentless. Mm-hmm. Seemed unperturbed by anything United did, even yeah. when, as you said, when they went behind uh, for Rashford's first goal. And it, it was just inevitable with dropping back, dropping back. The way they were able to get to the byline and cross, even the elements of like, they got to a stage where United were stopping those passes coming in mm-hmm. almost through probability. Mm-hmm. Because if you have enough people there, it's going to hit one of your players yeah, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then in the end, you know, they paid for it. Indeed, yeah. I mean, Jim, I, it's funny actually, because I... Um, bumped into a chat to Jack Wilshire um, on the way to the studio <laughs> today. And he said to me that there was a man who looked like the cat that got the cream with a full-on erection outside the right. Emirates who he, he deliberately ignored. But perhaps the uh, the causes of uh, your state of being was uh, the performances of Zinchenko, uh, Odegaard and Eddie Nketiah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, pretty much everybody had a really good game. A couple of players were maybe slightly off the pace. Ben, ben White had a tough game being booked early and, and Gabriel Martinelli looked a little bit jaded as well. But otherwise, everyone was superb. I mean, Ramsdale made a mistake as well, but you get the picture. But the three I've picked um, like, out there for a reason. Yeah, is, the, is, the technical quality of Zinchenko yeah. and Odegaard in particular mm-hmm. is is making such a huge difference. The way they can just ping balls, mm-hmm. as, as, like just that you wouldn't think of otherwise, yeah. that would seem risky if someone doesn't have that sort of pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. Jacques has, you know, got a bit of that about him as well. Um, I mean, it Jacques really is, made a difference. Jacques Renaissance. Jacques roams around everywhere at but the like, moment, just the, sort of causing problems for the opposition this well, time. He's got his head firmly screwed on these days. But like, have you, I mean, I know it's been said before, but my goodness, you have to keep saying it. Have you ever seen such a turnaround? 
from someone, you know, that time was he was booed off the pitch to now mm. being such a vital player. And it's, he's playing in a really, really different position as well. Yeah. It, the, uh, he, he had to convince Mikel Arteta that he would be able to play that position. He, mm-hmm. He's yeah. kind of gave him a chance to and he's absolutely thrived. I'd love to I mean, have been there when he was trying a to long, convince. Long time. It's good management. I think the, for the fact that Jack has settled down, focused... Clearly, Arteta's put his arm around him and said, look, you, you can be mm-hmm. de facto a leader. I know you haven't got the captain's armband, yeah. but you can be the de facto leader in this team. And I think mm-hmm. certain players rise to that. And probably, I think other, if you look at Jacker in the past, I think he's probably not felt valued. No. He got a lot of pelters from fans and what have you. Well, and he has he, a certain temperament, yeah. which if you can channel that, yeah. which Arteta clearly is, you can see, you can see the results. But what about Zinchenko? I've, I want to talk about it because when Arsenal signed him, it was. I, I think most people thought that's a good signing. Yeah, and but it he, does, it's, it's it, worth mentioning as well that hmm. the first choice was Lisandro Martinez, whose right. goal was as inevitable as all the Mudrik ones to come. Yeah, but they're, they're <laughs> such different players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, but with Zinchenko, I think there could have been a slight feeling of, well, he's he's, uh, you know, one of Pep's B team players, maybe. That, although that's slightly harsh, actually. He, he played. He, he wanted to play more football, clearly, which is why he's gone to Arsenal. And when he when, and, and and he's gone there and he's I mean that celebration at the end of the game yeah, I mean it was Marco it was Tardelli yeah, stuff yeah, you know brilliant. it shows you that they've all bought into what's going on because now I know Gabriel Jesus of course is injured and he's not there but but it could have been the case where they've gone right well we've we, we've just joined a side who let's be honest at the start of the season very few people and I think that's generous in even wording it like that would have tipped Arsenal for for a title so they could have gone ah well let's just come in and we've seen this at Arsenal as well Jim with some players Willian's a good example you know some players go to Arsenal and think well this coast a bit coast a bit exactly I think that culture's gone though and Arteta takes enormous credit for that Arteta has spent all of his time getting rid of that culture getting rid of certain players who kind of epitomised that culture and now Mm. they've got everybody just same him sheet busting a gut yeah. in the yeah. same direction and yeah. this, that's it's interesting that you say that as well because after Man United scored uh, and it was a brilliant goal from Rashford as well um, let's not lose sight of how good that was in, in the big mm. picture of things at first watching it in the ground I was like oh maybe Ramsdale could have done a little bit better there but watching it back it was an absolute rocket <laughs> when, he hit, when Rashford hits the ball like that yeah, see you later. There's a, there's a, specifically in the finish as well there's a little bit of Mbappe in that yeah, yeah, you yeah definitely. Well, and, that, and then that little celebration he did, Jim, which Vicky well, Saka seems Saka to, did it as well Ketia when he scored. Um, no, Ketty has got his. Uh, yeah, oh, it, sorry, yeah, yeah. he's on his phone. He's calling Gabby Jesus, isn't he? <laughs> but, um, or Marcus Rashford. Yes. <laughs> um, so after the first goal, Martin Odegaard's back at the centre circle, really, really quickly, just sort of like, yep lifting his arms the G-ing the crowd up and it's that sort of leadership it's not just from him it comes from Zinchenko mm-hmm. and, and from Xhaka it's not performative no you know it really really is making a difference yeah. and you can tell Arsenal don't worry when they concede mm. and actually I, I was I was confident that they'd get a winner because of because of how relentless they were and they weren't going to settle for a point and mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. how good they've been at home is something that really matters to them and yep. that really means something to them so they they are giving absolutely everything as long as the clock is ticking and we mm. saw that they scored late in the first half against Liverpool when in previous seasons they just tried to get to half time and it's it's fantastic well yeah none of me thought Arsenal so I thought from the first whistle I thought Arsenal will not lose this game it's easy as a, as a non-Arsenal fan to say that because the nerves were jangling yeah. a lot of people but again when they go a goal down as you say boom they, they suddenly like right and then they get that equaliser but even when it was 2-2 and there was a slight lull in, in, in the game if you could call it that I just thought yeah this this is this is Arsenal's you know and of course they go on to do it um, but Eddie and Ketia Vish is having a lovely old time someone asked me someone was saying to me recently he's like I don't know how good he is yeah I think that's fair um, and, and, and and not meaning that in a kind of I don't think he's good. It clearly is good, but like, is this guy 
could this guy become almost like a world beater sort of thing, or or, or will he be, or or is this as good? Do you know what I mean? Well, so I think genuinely, if you look back to when Jesus' injury was announced, there were quite a few, you know, reasonable Arsenal fans who thought, right, this is it. Yeah, that's our season done, basically. Mm-hmm. Not our season per se, but you know, it's going to be a lot harder to. Well, in terms of a title race, yeah. Um, and I would I would go back to something. Uh, Dave just said about um, coasters in the Arsenal squad. Mm-hmm. I think, certainly from my point of view, I saw him as a bit of a coaster right. because he was part of a young group within Arsenal. A lot of those players who have now left or certainly out on loan um, who just seem to vibe with the idea of being an Arsenal player. Like Willock, Maitland-Niles, that sort of... Yeah, yeah? yeah? that element okay. of like, you know what, I play yeah. for Arsenal. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're actually quite a cool club. We're in a good part of London. We yeah. all grew up here. I'm with my mates. This is just fun. Well, yeah. and, and, there's mm-hmm. no, and there's no pressure if you, if you don't win week in, yeah, week out. Exactly, there's... yeah. You're, no. you're on decent money as well. Yep. And I think what's happened here over the last 12 months, a lot because of Arteta, but a lot also because of what Arteta has publicly stated about Nketiah. You know, he talked a lot about how actually the fact that Nketiah doesn't get much game time mm-hmm. was Arteta's fault because we play this way and I know he's brilliant at all those things, yeah. but we're just not quite playing that kind of way. And then you see little things like uh, the viral photos of, for example, the work Nketiah has done in the gym about mm-hmm. being stronger and seeing how that plays out on the field where evidently his hold-up play has improved, mm-hmm. his work around the box, away from goal has improved. Yeah. He's still very rough, I think. He's still There are still times when I think, God, there's a pass there that you've missed, mm-hmm. but he just holds onto the wall a bit longer, yeah. Gets, yeah. brings other people in. But- and I don't want to be silly here because he hasn't scored that many goals this season, but he's playing his part in this in this team. He hasn't. Chasing but he's, he's not been starting games, has he? He's. I mean, you couldn't really ask for more mm-hmm. for him to come in and, and deputise for for Gabriel Jesus. Um, and really, I mean, he he had a run of games last season when when Lacazette wasn't available, and he mm-hmm. stepped up then as well. That's how he earned the contract that he has now. And he's not had a huge amount of, of of runs of consistent games in his career and he seems to be getting better game by game. I think with Nketiah, small improvements mm-hmm. could yield big results. He he's, yes. I think when he has a bit more experience just from game time, his finishing will get better. There are mm-hmm. times where mm-hmm. he maybe strokes the ball a little too softly, goes for placement when he should go for power. Sometimes the opposite is true as well. And I think he's he's got a lot of tools in his box mm-hmm. and it's just... Knowing when to use which one mm-hmm. is something that he he can develop, and I, I yeah I, I I agree. I don't know how good Enketia can be yet, but yeah. I, I think that that is a positive statement rather yeah, I mean, than a negative it's, one. It's, it's also he's a got question: four, four goals in five league starts, by the way, just to sort of chuck that in there. Yeah, and how good he is is a question that actually we probably don't need to answer anytime soon because he's only twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sure. He's only getting regular game time now, but I think he's... he won't be in England under twenty one international forever. No, no. <laughs> but but I, I, I think it was um, I think it was Jamie Carragher during maybe during the North London derby where he spoke about Inketia having the the record being the record goal scorer for England under twenty ones. Mm. Yeah, and saying that's actually a record you don't want. Yes, mm-hmm. because no one plays in the under twenty one to right. stay in the under twenty one. That's right. But I think Inketia is reflective of just a more collective buy-in at the club. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see it in his performances. You can see it in the way that all the subs and all the injured players were reacting at full time. Mm-hmm. Also the fact that like, fundamentally the way Arsenal play was almost embodied in that final goal. I think nine players were involved in yeah. that. In well, that, that that's it. They, they, as we said, we're all pulling together in the same direction. He's also, he's a poacher, right? And in this game, Arsenal had more touches in the opposition box than anyone's had all season. So when you have a player with that skill set, if you're playing in that style, he's going to get chances. Yeah. And, and that, that third goal was 
you know. I mean, I'm so, so I'm so convinced it was offside. Well, I can imagine the stadium. It was it was a bit nervy. I mean, it's the kind of goal that you know you get to a certain age, you put your hip out doing that. But uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and we can all relate to that in the studio, perhaps. But I they do not lie. Yeah, <laughs> um, Eric Ten Hag said he wasn't happy after the game. Um, you can imagine why. And he said all three goals we could have avoided. They're a very good team on the ball. They're good at defending. But I want to win. It's not good enough. What do you think of that, Fish? I mean, he's not exactly going to go. Yeah, we got done by a better side, you know. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's accurate. I think United did make a few mistakes in there that could have been avoided. I think McTominay had had quite a bad game, all told. I think I was I was genuinely impressed about how you know they set up without Casemiro, but little things. Well, he was a miss. Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah huge. huge. But but I thought they they could have coped for that well. I think Roy Keane made an interesting point about how. You know, sometimes when you're in a midfield and you see one of your fullbacks being done, or in this case, both of your fullbacks being done, mm-hmm. then there's an element of like once someone in midfield takes responsibility to go out there, mm-hmm. Casemiro would have done that. Yeah. No one mm-hmm. really did that. Verano was trying, I think, but like, you know, you needed somebody in midfield. And yeah. It is Man United's biggest. I mean, people talk about getting a centre forward, but I still think the biggest weak link, they haven't got another midfielder in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Also, little things like playing out the back to um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka mm-hmm. yeah. not ideal even Luke Shaw is like relatively limited David De Gea is obviously not great with his feet um, think about where the first goal comes from mm-hmm. from Arsenal as well it's from them winning the ball high yeah. up because they targeted Wan-Bissaka and I, I thought they did that brilliantly well mm-hmm. um so yeah, there are areas for improvement. It's a, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because United have spent so much money in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Even go, sorry, I mean since Ferguson, really. Um, you know, we're talking like close to two billion. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. You know, on the verge of that, it certainly will be in the summer. It's just the fact that now it seems like the guy that you're giving the keys to is can be trusted with the keys. Yeah, right. it's there's no reason to worry. I don't think it's year one. Yeah, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, look where, you, look where Arteta was in his first year. Well, exactly. It takes yeah. time. It's a two three year you know sort of process mm-hmm. you know, and I think he'll get that. Like I say, I think he's definitely the right guy. Mm-hmm. And they spent a lot of money, but I think that squad's been in a bad state, and it still is in a bad state. You look at that bench as well; just mm. still not that level. So there's definitely no reason to be discouraged. But I understand Ted Hag's words. He wants to install. That winning culture that Arteta has put in at Arsenal as well. There's parallels there. Yeah. Well, as Vish said, you know that they're they're now involved in these types of games again. It shows the progression, you know. Yeah. And I think a top four finish would be very good season for United, all things considered. Um, chaps, we're going to have to move on. I mean, we could talk about Martin Odegaard a lot more. We could Bakai Saka and that great goal. And so there's so much to talk about. Can we the... talk about Mikel Arteta being asked about his yellow card and saying you can always do better in life in it? <laughs> <laughs> not expecting that. Yeah, but uh, but this with this Arsenal side, we will talk about because Saka probably next week or in, in just a matter of days' time. The can way I, they're playing. Can I throw something out there about Saka? Mm-hmm. That performance was was a little bit Iron Robin. Oh yeah. In in terms mm. of like, you, maybe you just can't stop this guy. Mm. Do you think that's how we have to start talking about it? I hope so. For England's sake, yeah, well, yeah, but it was there was an element of that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, Manchester City, of course, uh, they they put their game to bed earlier on in the day, beating Wolves three nil. So they are still five points behind Arsenal, but Arsenal do have a game in hand. Uh, Arsenal keeping them at arm's length. Erling Haaland, of course, scored a hat trick because uh, he, you know, he'd been struggling because uh, he's done a few <laughs> games without goals and so on. So, so, he, so he put that chat to bed. Twenty five Premier League goals. Mid-January. Mad. It's, it's, You'd be happy with that just in a season. You really... Well, I mean, that would get you the golden boot in yeah. most seasons, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, that's incredible. More also, goals... this, mid- this mid-January is December. Really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we are in the league. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, so he scored more goals than the last four golden boot winners. <laughs> Put together. Still a blonde fraud, though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, but this yeah. is a scary thing. There's a sense that City are still adjusting their tactics to him as well. 
It's that they are capable of going on very, very long unbeaten runs, and it's frightening. Jim, I, I've said it in a jokey way before, but I will say it in a serious way today. I cannot see Arsenal messing this up. I am glad that you think that way. <laughs> I, I don't care think about no, it. And I, 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 nor should you, uh, in the interest of good practice. But uh, I honestly, the way Arteta has got them emotionally strung, if you like, He's got it spot on. I mean, Arsenal have 50 points at this halfway stage in the season. Mikel Arteta is the only fourth manager to achieve this uh, in, in, in Premier League history. Pep Guardiola, 2017-18. Jurgen Klopp, 18-19, uh, 19-20 as well. Uh, and Jose Mourinho in 05-06. Uh, That's how good this is from Arsenal. It is incredibly impressive. Chaps, let's go down to uh, some mid-table nonsense. Uh, Liverpool nil, Chelsea nil. Um, second to last on match of the day. Oh, the Barclays <laughs> was deep in the overdraft on Saturday, wasn't it? That is the worst Saturday I can remember. Yeah. It was so underwhelming. Jim, to go from Arsenal at the top to this build as a mid-table clash. Yeah. What are you thinking? I've... Take it, take <laughs> it, take it. I, I don't trust that I'm awake. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was a strange game, wasn't it? Yeah, what a, what a way though for Klopp to celebrate his one uh, thousandth game um, as, a, as as a manager. But it was the fifty thousandth English top flight match as well. Um, Felt like it, yeah. So an under underwhelming way to uh, to, to celebrate those landmarks. Klopp seemed uh, pleased post match though. He said uh, Arsene Wenger lost his one thousandth game six 0 I'm really pleased that that didn't happen. <laughs> All right. Fair, but I mean, if you, really? you've got to deflect you've got to deflect yeah. right? glass I, half full but yeah. like... I just want it to be in the past <laughs> I, I don't like this present uh, quite frankly uh, Graham Potter also pleased after the game um, especially with uh, Mikhailo Mudric uh, his, his cameo I suppose you could call it he's not played football for a while but you can see his quality and my goodness can't you Jim yeah he he looked fantastic mm. it's, it's he looks like he is absolutely ready to um, just thrive in the Premier League already and bear in mind you know Shakhtar are in, in a mid-season break like he's not yeah. actually played I know he's been training mm -hmm. but that's it's not the same as, as real match experience is it so he um yeah it's um well the game oh, was God. the game was crying you know out for is. a bit of quality David I mean it was again this is Liverpool versus Chelsea and it was it, there was a distinct lack of quality going on and Mudrick sort of thought right I'll try to take this game by the scruff of the neck might have scored when he hit the side netting but my goodness we needed a little something what to move that was though. it's yeah. just where both clubs are right now Liverpool's clearly regressed mm -hmm. I think the players that they currently have and the players they've bought can't really perform the functions that Klopp wants his system to do so yeah. whereas Chelsea are obviously all over the place they've got you know the amount of new players that they've got they're still trying to find mm -hmm. you know Potter's still trying to find his best eleven. So mm. this is it was the sum of that. You know, I wasn't surprised at all what I saw on the field. Yeah, true enough. There yeah. was a sense when he came on that he was there to entertain both sets of fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone knew something. Come yeah. here. Special guest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, and, playing in a neutral kit. Yeah. I, Canate kind of shot from the halfway line at one point. Isn't yeah. it? It's like, oh, well, I'll have a go. It's the sort of thing you do when you accept that you're not that good <laughs> He did at not FIFA. mean to do that, by the way. <laughs> You know what I think? No, no chance. What was it then? What, what, yeah, what was I he think doing? he was just trying to scoop it behind the back line. There's I no do as well. I think it was just that. an angle past the yeah. back post. Yeah, I genuinely God. do. The fact that we don't know this, <laughs> if you didn't see the game, yeah. that tells you everything you need to know. As if Klopp's going to half time's like, right, honestly, mate, all right, all right, you've got to have to bang it from 50 yards. <laughs> no one could do anything out there. It's the last thing they'll expect. <laughs> 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 but though to try and uh, put a slightly positive in, uh, spin sorry for Chelsea um, Mudrick and Joao Felix when he comes back 
If yes. you get those two playing, then you'll have something. And also, it's, it's, I mean, a lot's been made of the money that Chelsea's spending on new on new signings and, and stuff. But Lewis Hall looks like a real player. Mm, they look really like they've got a real gem yeah, coming through there. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, everybody, let's have a quick break. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It is a West Ham win in the battle at the bottom and another Everton defeat to only darken the mood further. Thank Bad luck. <laughs> Welcome, back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ravel, everybody. Um, yes, people uh, who watch Match of the Day would have heard our very own Kate Mason doing the uh, post-match interviews for uh, West Ham versus Everton. It's quite a quite a big gig, not just to be on Match of the Day, but to be the designated Grim Reaper as well. <laughs> Fair play to Kate. She's doing it all. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I suppose the, the the crucial thing was is when Kate was interviewing uh, David Moyes. It was after a victory for Moyes. Might have been a bit more difficult after uh, if it was a defeat. But West Ham two, Everton nil was the final score, of course. And uh, Jared Bowen suddenly uh, got going again. He'd been a bit disappointed. That David Moyes said after the World Cup, not being picked by England and and, and so on. But there he is, uh, David. I mean, we can forget that Bowen had a great season last year and so on. And West Ham are in desperate need of goals and points and so on. And uh, cometh the hour, cometh the man. Yeah, I was going to say, I think every player from that side, what really pushed West Ham on, has dropped off in a considerable way. Bowen's one of them. Then you look at Kufal, Susek. You know, mm. there's a lot of them in there as well. I don't think Rice has. I think Rice has actually been very good um, throughout this. But it, it, they need something else, I think, from these new players. And I think that's why Moyes is under so much pressure, he's not really brought on any of the new signings in any way. And they yeah. spent a lot of money as well. Like mm. there, Skamaka. You know, there's, there's a few players there that he's not progressed at all. And mm. the question marks come up, you know, that type of player, can Moyes actually work with them? How do West Ham progress? How do they develop with Moyes and end up with these type of players? Yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, Moyes was delighted though in, in, in an interview uh, on BBC uh, Radio 5 Live said, David, uh, Saturday night when you can smile, give us your reaction which Moyes replied, yeah, Saturday night where I don't need to pull the curtains and sit in a dark room. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, David. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that said, I mean, he's obviously joking when he says stuff like that. I think his demeanour mm-hmm. is 
probably quite encouraging for West Ham. I agree I mean, with they you. They wouldn't have expected to be in a relegation battle. Obviously, mm. they're going to be disappointed with that, but they have to accept the fact that that may be the case. But Moyes seems so unfussed by that yeah. that I think that that confidence is going to he, is, is going to you know translate to both no, the team. He, and the he really views sorry, himself. Yeah. He really views himself being there for quite a while. I listened to the. Um, the Stephen Bartler podcast, the Diary of a CEO, and mm-hmm. Moyes was on there. He was really, really good on there. Kind of really interesting. Yeah. And they asked him, he asked him about West Ham, and he was, oh, the identity's changed here. We're changing. Th- you know, there was things when I came to the club that we, you know, were, were really wrong. We're changing that, and we've got more in store for the next few years. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just spin. I think he genuinely believes that there are things that he can do there, and maybe he does think that these new players he can eventually work with in time. Yeah, and also they they had an impressive season last year, of course. And this season, it's not quite happening. But again, sometimes in modern football, we can think, right, well, you know, is he going to get sacked? I mean, that, this game was billed as El, um, El Sacico. Sacico, thank you. Yes, it was. Um, and sometimes, you know, to pull the trigger on, on managers and, and so on. Um, but, you know, with, with with a few wins, you get a little bit of a run. I mean, it's not ridiculous to say that they could, you know, finish. Maybe top half might be um, a bit of a stretch now. But I mean, you've, you know, they take certainly like sort of 12th or 13th. But Moyes, they are a point above the relegation zone. So they still have to be at it. You know, let's be clear. And they only beat Everton, um, who are having a terrible time. Sky this morning have announced that Frank Lampard's sacking will be announced today. And as you said before we came into the studio, Jim, how are we at the point where announcements are being announced? Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's you know, so at the time of recording right now, he hasn't been sacked, but he might well do by the time this podcast is finished. But Frank uh, Lampard said on his future, I absolutely don't fear being sacked. I don't go that far down the line to fear. Well, I suppose he doesn't fear being sacked because it would probably come as a relief to him, you could argue, because the situation at Everton we've spoken about is so flipping... Toxic, Toxic yeah, is, is, is the only word you can say. Um, but if if he does go, which we very much expect him to uh, to, to, to go, then, then then who comes in, uh, Vish? I mean, I suggested Sean Dyche. He'd be the obvious one, perhaps. Well, if Lampard goes, Gerard sits, doesn't he? Now you're talking. Yeah, Gerard at Everton. <laughs> yeah. Gerard at a toxic, struggling Everton. Yeah. Look, honestly, we tried it with Benitez. It didn't quite work. But <laughs> we've, we've got another idea. We think he might like. Just hear us out. Yeah. All I'm saying, if you've got the jar full of ants, throw in the spider. <laughs> It's, um, I think the, the toxic nature of the club has really um, ramped up in the last week when I think we reported about it on uh, on Monday's show, last Monday's show, about the board not being able to attend the game mm-hmm. and the you know the threats against them to put forward. And then Merseyside Police come out and say that actually we haven't received any threats, but uh-huh. we are monitoring this situation. That breeds this, yeah. well, if it could be more toxic, it certainly was. At the start of the week when people like your Everton fans in particular were like, you're just trying to turn everyone against us here. And something a, something about the board being present at the London Stadium for that game on the weekend felt unedifying. Mm. I'm not entirely sure why. I get that you'd want to watch the club that you're part of and that they wanted to be there the weekend before, but something about it and seeing them all there, even the way that you know, a few of them were doorstepped by Sky Sports as they mm. left the ground. Yeah. It's really it's just that doesn't that shouldn't man. happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it really shouldn't. I mean, Everton. I've got Arsenal next in the league and then they're away to Liverpool. Now, I know Liverpool not having a great season, but my goodness, you'd fancy them to beat Everton for crying out loud. But you're almost at a stage where you can't wait for that almost, what was the opposite of a red letter day, but basically mm. like a high profile fixture to be like, right, until here and if this doesn't go well, yep. yeah. you're done. So if they are getting rid of him today as Sky Sports were reporting, fine. But 
are we just going to we're just going to be in the cycle of who who do they? Who well, do that's they get right. It's the problem that they have. They've had so many times, isn't it? Where all you you have big ambitions or, or you know relatively reasonable ambitions even at the beginning of a season and you have to just jettison them because mm. it's a relegation fight now and it's different. So actually in this situation, I mean, Daesh does make sense, right? This it is it's yeah. it's the same as when they broke glass, you know, bring it's, out Sam Allardyce. Even watching them, even watching them there the weekend, I thought they looked more set up for a Daesh sort of, you know, uh-huh. in, introduction. They, they had a lot of players in the box a lot of times, but they weren't getting it in they weren't getting the ball in the box. It was yeah. very, very strange. You had some big players in there, um Calvert Lewin, Tarkowski, mm-hmm. Onana as well, who I think's actually been you know all right, considering the state yep. of Everton's yes. business yes. down the years. They've actually they actually struck gold with him. Um but yeah, I think it's prepped nicely for Daesh. But I just look at situations like this and I just like they had a they had a World Cup. Yeah. To, to to think this over yeah, and really yeah. align things and they didn't do it. But this is what this is why they're saying sack the board. Yeah, and this I and think that's why the IR is. And I completely understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely get every bit of Everton fans' uh, vitriol because this isn't this isn't just this season. Mm, no. This is for years, for years. and years yeah. that they've been allowed to get away well, with and, it. And I think that's why I know Lampard was you know there was chat between him and the fans and, and again I do feel sorry for for Lampard. I also feel sorry for the fans, but you know. You sack Lampard. Yeah, okay, you might get a miracle worker and you might get a manager who just gets them over the line. But it'll be the same. Same, same, same. Well, this is the problem, isn't it? I think this is what the majority of the fans understand. Um, And it was interesting seeing them speak to Frank Lampard and him look kind of half terrified and half sort of touched by the support. I I don't think the vitriol was really aimed at him, is it? And I, no. I think he will... His reputation obviously will come out of this, take it, having taken a hit, but not not a kind of fatal hit. You know, he 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 will be able to restore that, I would think. But mm-hmm. as David says, it's been years and years and years, and they are. They, it, it's really interesting to see Everton fans be so kind of vocal, specifically in the direction of the board, because we so often see fan protests that seem a bit over the top and maybe seem a bit entitled and maybe just seem a bit silly. Yeah. This one really doesn't, does it? No. Like it's obviously there are certain elements well, of, of course, it that are over the top. Yeah, like, yeah, no, no, yeah, that's yeah. worth saying. But it you can completely understand the the just the the, the frayed nerves and the ragged frustration of it. But David, you, you said that Daesh could get a tune out of this place if indeed he is the man you know again we, we've very much got on the assumption that Lampard's going to be sacked today uh, and, and Daesh would be you would imagine one of the one of the front runners there you compare that to West Ham we think West Ham have got a you know decent squad of players it's it's finding a tune for whatever number of reasons they're, they're, they're not doing that but now Bowen's up and running again and so on and it gives a bit of confidence and you would expect them now to start looking up rather than down the table even though Maybe they're they're. Do you not think that you, you it's still a, worry it's, for them? It, do you? No, it's just a stay of reprieve. I think both clubs are in exactly. West Ham won that game, but yeah. both clubs are in exactly the same position. So you don't they, think West Ham will, will start to kick on there? No, I this? think they'll get some results, but I just think it's like it, it, this doesn't mean it's all sorted. No, 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 think, no, of course, I, yeah, of course. yeah. I said well, this season, yeah, I think West Ham will stay up. I yes. really, really do. I think Moyes will get enough out of them. Yeah, but it's still a problem there. They Both, both clubs mm-hmm. are in the same position and that they need to reassess in the summer. They need to rip it all up and they need to get a project that they actually can look to for the next one, two, three years. Mm-hmm. Everton just hashed through projects. How many managers? Martinez, yeah. Koeman, Silva. Mm-hmm. You know, with Lampard right now, just keep hashing or through. Or different... even as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, you know? different projects, different styles of players, different systems. And you know, But one thing remains constant. Everything is done really, really badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would say the, the thing about Lampard as well that would mean a change could actually see Everton get out of this is I think, you know, we know tactically he isn't the best. Mm -hmm. I think actually, if you look at the way, you know, Dave mentioned the fact that they play a little bit like a Daesh team, despite the fact that Lampard 
has them trying to play slightly differently by knocking the ball about and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Even mm-hmm. little things like going to West Ham, having sixty, nearly 68% of the ball yeah. against a team you know enjoy playing on the break. Yeah. Hence, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly you get those moments where Bowen scores a couple. Mm-hmm. Antonio suddenly has more space and yeah. sets up one. It feels like, you, you know, they're just... It, I feel like there's an element of self, in, not self-indulgence, probably the wrong word, but more sense of just this, he has a jumped up idea of his own managerial ideals. He well, knows Lampard. he knows the manager he wants to be, yeah. but he's almost trying to get shortcuts there and thinks mm. like, oh, you know, well, we'll play well, this way, we'll play that way. We don't necessarily have to worry well, you know about what, another though, relegation team. It's funny, actually, because if you think about Lampard, when Norwich City were, yeah, he could have taken that job when Dean Smith took it, um, when they were, on their way out of the Premier League. And I understand why he didn't want to take that job. But Norwich now, they're, what are they, fifth in the championship and, and, you know, hoping playoffs would probably be realistic because Burnley and Sheffield United are, are way up there. But a club like Norwich, who you, you may be a little bit more of a blank canvas for, for for Lampard. You could go down to the championship, rebuild. But you obviously, after, after managing Chelsea, you probably didn't want to do that. You look at the decision to not take that job and take the Everton job. Mm-hmm. Martin might be not specifically Norwich but you know just taking that I remember when he took the Everton job people were a bit like inexperienced manager who's not really proved himself that's a tough gig but these guys do fancy themselves do you think do you and think... I don't necessarily, <laughs> and I don't want to have a go at him and call him oh he's arrogant he fancies himself you, know, you back your own ability I get that but I just wonder if he looks back at you've got to put the work in though no, <laughs> I mean, no but generally you have to put the work you in do. Yeah. I, well, I, I thought he talked a good game after the, after being sacked by Chelsea you would think he though, that he's learned a lot of that level there and thought actually a, a club like Everton is a good place to land right <sighs> Everton it's such a specific situation but I mean I suppose he's always talked a good job that's, you know, the, that's the point that's the point he does yeah. he talks a good game the actual execution of it isn't particularly good he's yeah. leveled out in every club he's been at at Derby everybody said look he's got a lot of loans in he's been blessed with like a lot of decent players in that uh-huh. Derby side he you know he was at Chelsea there was no pressure there they're under a transfer ban mm-hmm. he, his only remit was bringing young players through he did that and he did that very well mm-hmm. but after that when it came down to the nitty gritty of actually mm-hmm. progressing that side when the ban was lifted and it came to integrating players couldn't do it again. Yeah. And again, I just think there is a bit of arrogance about these guys. And, and Gerard, the same applies there as well. Do you think Gerard's going to take a mid-level championship job next, for his next job? Yeah. No, he's not. Mm. He's going to want a top Premier League. Yeah, true enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, can I just have a word on Bill Kenwright? If as well, obviously, yeah. okay, part of the Everton board. Uh, now, Bill Kenwright made his, um, his fortune, essentially, directing theatre and, and musicals. Um, in, in the West End mm-hmm. and I was walking through the th- through central London one day and I didn't know this and I walked past the <laughs> London Palladium and there was a picture of him picture of him on it yeah. with the word something like Theatreland pays tribute to Bill Kenwright yeah. <laughs> on, on the front and I was I have never been more confused <laughs> in my life I just like, what on, how has this happened? Am I awake? Yeah. What? what? I mean, I, yeah. If and then you went in and you saw a really lacklustre production of Cats. <laughs> <laughs> and shouted Mashiri out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dearie me. Um, well, Did West he even uh, do Cats? That's probably someone quite famous. That's Andrew Lloyd it? Webber. Yeah, is. There it is, yeah. yeah. Always assume it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> If in doubt, Lloyd Webber. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yes, of course, as I said, West Ham are only one point clear of the relegation zone. Southampton remained bottom. They lost 1-0 to Aston Villa. Uh, Forrest, of course, got a late equaliser um, as well against Bo- uh, Bournemouth. Um, the game between Southampton and Villa briefly suspended due to a drone ent- entering the stadium. 
Or did it sort of enter the stadium? It sort of flew, you know, didn't well, go through the turnstile, well, are, 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 say, are you saying that that the, be... the air, airspace belongs to the drone? Well, I, I, when I said entered the stadium, imagine if, if you could fly a drone through those turnstiles and you know what they're like? They're, well, St Mary's is more of a modern ground, but some of the turnstiles can be quite small. Take, it would take a lot of precision and skill to do that. It would, yeah. I did wonder why, um, you know, always good to have, have Dave here, but I wondered if it was because <laughs> Pete got caught up in this on the weekend. <laughs> they went to a number one suspect, Lula, just arrest him, it's probably him. Yeah, maybe. I, I, do, you, do you remember when Gatwick Airport, the second biggest yes. airport yeah, in this country, yeah. was shut down because of a drone was spotted? Right, and obviously it's a serious issue, all jokes aside. But then... <laughs> There was a, I don't know if it was a new, you know, 24-hour news cycle or a tweet or something from the police or somebody tweeted or people, because then the police sent up another drone to see and then they went, oh, people now think that the police drone searching for the drone became the new drone that people were worried about. And I was just like, that's just... That's the old lot. lady who had too many drones. <laughs> let's, let's all just go home for today and then we'll come back tomorrow. Did we find out what it was for? No idea. No one has come forward to claim responsibility for the drone. Just a bit of bants, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, poor result for Southampton, though. Spying. <laughs> <laughs> also, surely, given the people on the field, you just give Ward Prowse the ball and like just fucking pick it out. There you go. That's what they should have done. Uh, dear me. Yeah, I mean, speaking of odd scenes that happened in uh, football grounds over the weekend, there was uh, some uh, incredible stuff happening uh, in a friendly match between uh, Sparta Prague and Nuremberg, where a mass snowball fight broke out between supporters in the stands. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> it's got to be slightly demoralising as a player, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it was a friendly. Less entertaining than weather. Yeah. Could have done with something on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember at the at watching it was Real Madrid. I'm pretty sure it was at the Bernabeu. It must have been Athletic Club playing there, and I think it was. I think it was Julian Guerra, beautiful man, beautiful player. And he was trying to take a corner and it was during the winter, obviously. And snowballs just kept raining down from the stands. And any time, and sometimes they would like let him get really close to the corner. And he wouldn't take it. I don't know. Wouldn't want to get a snowball in that magnificent barnet of his, though. Maybe I don't know. No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, gentlemen, uh, let us move uh, back to the Premier League where Leicester City and Brighton uh, had an entertaining game. 2-2. Um, oh, uh, Matoma with a beauty. What a player! Yeah, he has got he has got um, moved to Arsenal in the summer, written all over him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Trossard back on loan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. That, I mean, Brighton will have another three brilliant players from down the back of the sofa <laughs> by then. Anyway, they won't even yeah. miss him. So I'm glad was, you said that because that's probably just saved an abusive text from Jules to me. There, <laughs> <laughs> there was a good, there was a great tweet when uh, when Trossard went to Arsenal. Of uh, I think. It might. Be, I don't think it was from a Brighton fan, but he, he said, "Not only will they find someone, but it'll be a regen. They'll just concoct him from someone." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was it. Was because Trossard was involved in the third Arsenal goal, and after the game, when everyone was, like, "Oh my goodness, what a game!" And Jules immediately, yeah, good to see Trossard involved in this. Sort of yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's a, a lovely but very expensive boutique little shop down the Brighton lanes that's making organic footballers, yeah, and just just passing them straight on to Brighton. Yeah, that makes sense. There was a shop in Brighton you hated, Jim. Yeah, it's called This Is Not A Butcher, isn't it? This Is Not A Butcher and it sells tat. It's just, just annoying, isn't it? <laughs> Why does that annoy you so much? Okay, it's just annoying. Everything about it is annoying. It sells tat that will last for billions of years. And it's it's just pick a better name. Pick a normal name. This is tat. Something, something like that. Uh, I love your hatred for that place. Um, Have you been to Margate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I love tat. I never buy any of it, but I just love looking at it. I'm a 
bit of a tat pervert. I You're think. literally the worst <laughs> person like, to go, and go into a, a shop for tat. You don't buy it. Window shopping tat. I'm just browsing. Yeah. Browsing what? It's like a museum to me. All, all that, all key rings. Yeah. Yeah. Pointless stuff. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, uh, well, I think we were talking Is about Is that why you watch Liverpool Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Couldn't get enough of it. Uh, but there were goals in this one. Uh, Matoma scored an absolute peach. Mm. There was a woman holding up a banner which simply read, My husband really likes you, Matoma. <laughs> Wait, it, it, didn't it say, My husband really, Matoma, likes you? Well, depends it. how you. Yeah, would you. I mean, does that change it? Well, Does that annoy you as well, Jim? No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's, it's clear, isn't it? It's got a, there's a point. Yeah. There was a, that, I feel like now that Arsenal are sorted for the rest of the season, he's just finding new things. Yeah, yeah, like that's what it is. <laughs> and there Picking was a, people just trying to do their best. In a you've got a hate world. hole in your heart. Yeah. You're trying to fill again. One of the Brighton players had uh, on the back of his shirt, I am not Matoma. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, great goal. Uh, do you know it was reported uh, recently at the age of 18, Matoma turned down uh, a, a J-League professional contract when, when he was 18, as I say, in order to study a degree in physical education where he wrote his thesis on the secrets a successful dribbling. It's incredible, isn't it? And he, and, and he you used himself it, as the case study as well. What a case study. Well, I suppose you just make it all up. Well, you could extend And then it, I skinned him. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying he, he was he got to like within like you know 24 hours of having to hand in his thesis? He was like, fucking hell. Oh. I've let I've really let this slide wash. Um dribbling. Yes. <laughs> and it'll be me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he attached a GoPro on his head and his teammates' heads during matches to study their movements. And he found that the best dribblers look at their opponent rather than looking at the ball. He said, I am conscious of shifting the opponent's centre of gravity. If I can move the opponent's body, I win. I love that. And I tell you what, David, you see what he's doing right now? He's winning. I think Anthony needs to copy Matoma's homework. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's a big shout. Actually, there was a brilliant movement from uh, from Matoma, really a brilliant feat where he did exactly this, laid it off to Solly March, and wow. Yeah. That, that, the shot landed not in a butcher's. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you saw that was one of the worst, one of the worst efforts of the season. Actually, yeah, uh, yeah, that one in the eye for you, Vish. No, no, he just he just gets better. He makes a mistake and he gets better. Indeed, yeah. But I mean, you saw what Matoma did to Trent Alexander-Arnold the other week. No, I know Alexander's not having a great season, but again, though, just so this whole dribbling thing he's been studying. Maybe more players should do that. Perhaps you know, study what you study goals or something. You know, and you're going to get like that approach. Goals. Yeah, yeah. How to score the perfect goal? But I mean, it was it was you know, ultimately going um, uh, 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 you know behind. You know, Brighton will be pleased to get a point because uh, their, their young Irishman Evan Ferguson scored, came off the. Oh, bench he doesn't need you, and he does he? He knows where the goal yeah. is. Well, indeed, yeah. I mean, sack it all off. Yeah, <laughs> he's having a great time. What has he got? Uh, 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 four goals, um, or, or th- well, four goals in all competitions, but three goals in five Premier League games um, so far yeah. this season. Great you know? ball from the Perv as well, Perv's Estepinian, who's another <laughs> absolute gem. <laughs> with yes. one of the, that's what they call him. He's According a, to Jules, that's what they call him. Um, <laughs> and he's a, a, another absolute gem with one of the finest names in the Premier League. Yeah, it sounds like you're gem. arguing. You know, you know. Sometimes when a young player comes in and they have this kind of burst that Evan Ferguson's having now, and you attribute some of it to, I suppose, just a bit of luck. Yes. You know, but doing it for a team like Brighton mm. and the way he scored that header, that header was lovely, wasn't it? You're like, right, this this kid is clearly serious because yeah. Brighton aren't the type who are like we'll just throw in a kid for the sake of it. Well, that's right. And also, I mean, again, you know, the player because you couldn't look at him and say, well, he's he's 18. They bought him from uh, Bohemians in, in in the League of Ireland Premier Div- Division, where he, he didn't play much at all. I mean, partly because of the fact he's so flipping young, but clearly he's got something about him to, to pluck him from there um, at such a young age. He had a f- one performance, I think, in the Premier League last season. He's not had many this season. But he's coming in, he's scoring goals. 
and he, and he looks the part. And again, at a club like Brighton, you trust them. Yeah, you trust them to, to to develop these kind of players. Is and it, it's thriving as well because they've they've got a game in hand over the teams around them. Yeah, and that's at home against Bournemouth, which with respect they'll be the f- favourites for. And they go go into fifth if they win. Indeed, indeed, uh, gentlemen. Um, can we go abroad briefly? Would that let's. be okay? Um, it's minus five here. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Well, let's Absolutely. go to Southern Europe. Um, Normally, we would leave um, on the continent and, and David and his cronies to, to discuss this kind of thing. But it's a huge story, this. Uh, so we have to at least give it a little bit of chat. Juventus have been docked 15 points, lol, um, following an investigation into the club's past transfer dealings. Who on earth could have predicted that? Um, the investigation was set out to determine whether Juventus were fixing their balance sheets by artificial gains from club transfers. Um, they Juventus had been in third place, um, but the penalty will drop them down to 10th. Always good to learn from your mistakes, isn't it? Indeed, yes. Well, I mean, you know, this is, <laughs> like I say, Juventus uh, and, uh, you know, past transfer dealings in the spotlight, David. Who could have predicted it? Yeah, I was going to say, and there's a lot of similarities to what happened before with Calciopoli and what have you as well. There's, there is wiretaps involved. The yeah. Italian government are now yeah. involved. It's got it's that high up. It's that serious. They need, and... to, they need to pass legislation where those wiretaps are always on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they right. I think they just left them there. Like, should we have a listen? Yeah. It's been a while, isn't it? Yeah, oh, they're doing it. They're still doing it. Shall we have a and listen? I, I just keep it. Been quiet on the Juventus front. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I'm just I'm just getting an image of the wire as well. Yeah. McNulty and Bunk and that just just, just around just listen oh, to it. They're doing it again. Yeah. We'll we'll stick thirty million on piano just press. Yeah. So oh, that's them banger right. Um, well, the interesting comments from the ultras as well. Um, UVA's ultras have come out and said this is worse than 2006. That time we were blameless, but today we pay for the disgusting directors. Um, and there was protests outside the stadium and what have you as well. So Agnelli's really been under the cosh um, for this one. And it yeah. is, and, and I, this could be bigger in some stages because they've been docked 15 points, yeah. but it's only for the first part of the investigation. And yeah. that's looking at the plus Valenta in the accounts, yeah. basically inflating and deflating transfer fees. So mm-hmm. you can basically mess up your books a little bit. But that is just a part of it. There's a lot more to come here in terms of... One of the big things is when a lot of clubs players took reductions in salaries during the pandemic. Yeah. And basically, Juventus have said that they did that, but still been playing, paying players mm-hmm. the full amounts under the table. So, you know, your ta- the bill's still been clearing the tax. That's well. been reported, yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's been alleged as well. Uh-huh. So that's something else that they could have to deal with, as well as all the other transfers. I think there was something like 70-odd transfers and 40 of them were involved in Juventus. Yeah, and of course, and, and the ripple effect is being felt by Tottenham Hotspur because uh, the former uh, sports director of, of Juventus, Fabio uh, Patrici, uh, who's now Spurs uh, managing director of football has been banned from Italian football for 30 months. Now that specifically is Italian football, but he may well be, you know, he he will probably have to uh, be questioned and, you know, th- 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 that will affect what's, what's going on there. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that works. I mean, how do you, you know, monitor that? How do you mm. see that he's not yeah. involved in, in dealings and such like that? It's a it's an interesting one. It's an interesting reminder, isn't it, that however much we sort of talk about the, the clubs who are state-owned mm. and, and the influence they have on football, people like Florentino Perez yes. and, and, and how how Real Madrid can, can act and can mm. carry themselves, Barcelona as well, the situations they've got themselves into. It is a timely reminder that Juventus are the fucking worst. <laughs> they, are just, they are just the worst. <laughs> yeah. Bear in mind, it was only five days ago that, that uh, Agnelli, Andrea Agnelli was uh, in the press talking about how 
Only Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus had the real courage of their convictions yeah. for the European Super League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wonder why you wanted that. Yeah. yeah, well, who knows, who knows. Now, everybody, we, we, we wouldn't end on such a depressing note on, on, a, on a football ramble uh, show, of course. We're going to end with this. Mick McCarthy's back in business, everybody. Hey. Come on. Unbelievable. Hey, I think you'll find it's very believable. We <laughs> thought we were getting Warnock. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, Neil Warnock has said he won't be coming out of retirement. But that's fine because we're enjoying Warnock with, with what he's doing now, yeah. aren't we? I think this this is the best of both worlds. Indeed it is, Jim. Absolutely. Blackpool have appointed... Blackpool. Get him down to Blackpool. Uh, have appointed Mick McCarthy as their new head coach until the end of the season. No doubt he'll get a contract extension. <laughs> um, much like uh, Harry Kane's being offered at Spurs. Um, uh, yes, so he'll be taking over a, a Blackpool side that have only won uh, one uh, of their last 11 games. Uh, Blackpool assistant uh, manager Terry Connor seems happy with the appointment. He brings experience and he's someone I trust. I'd give him the keys to my house. He'd probably tidy up on the way out. That makes him sound a lot more meek than I would imagine him. Yeah, today. that's just not the image that's I just have common in my head. decency, isn't it? <laughs> You wouldn't want to leave someone's house in a state. Yeah, no, but I, I, I got the impression Airbnb, that he means like, like, well, <laughs> No, but I just thought like, I, I get the impression that this means a proper deep clean. Yeah, just as like a favour. Uh, By the way, he, yeah, but that, that begs the question: What's he been doing in there? <laughs> I won't give him. I wouldn't give Mick McCarthy the keys to the weekend. You'd all be back in Sunday morning. Yeah. Oh, no, we've got another day here, Mick. <laughs> Seary me. Oh dear. <laughs> As, as as an Irishman once said to me about Mick McCarthy's time as Ireland manager, he'd bite your hand off for a one-all draw. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. We are delighted to have him back in football, as if he never, as if he never left. Um, so there we are, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. Uh, do uh, catch our Ramble Guide to Jose Mourinho tomorrow, of course. Not one to be missed. There we are. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, David Cartledge. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia Nandaraja. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.